You are listening to the Confident Girl Podcast. This podcast is your go-to for learning ways to be more confident, fearless, and self-loving. I am your host, Lisa Thompson, founder of Self Love Beauty, and my vision is to create a world where everyone is empowered to love themselves and achieve anything that they desire. Sounds good. So hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Casey Main, and um, I am a writer, which I'm pretty much specializing in self-reflection and and very much self-love. Um, I just published a book, I Gave Up Men for Lent, which really chronicles, I would say, the beginning of my self-love journey, because um, I lived a lot of my life um, caring more about what other people thought than, than what I wanted for my own life. Absolutely. And so can you take us back to, um, obviously, when you wrote this book, there was probably a lot of reflection that came into it. I remember when you reached out, um, I read that and I was like, I, re- I remember we like as girls, we've talked about that before. So um, take us back to the years of like what, like how you've been feeling about having to always resonate to what, what other people want versus what you want. Yeah. So it was, um, it was two, about two years ago, 2017. And I just, and, and I'll preface this by saying, like, I have on paper a great life. Like, I had a good job. I had great family, close friends. You know, I have technically, I thought, nothing to be upset about. But I just felt kind of blah um, about everything. And I had a tumultuous relationship history, so I tended to blame it on that. Like, men are my problem, so that's why I, I gave them up for Lent. But when I really then kind of went on this huge self-reflection journey and I thought back to everything, you know, why did I choose where I chose to go to college? Why did I choose my first job and then my next job? And how did my life get to where it was, which again is not a bad life, but why do I feel disconnected from it? And, and when I thought back on a lot of that, it's because a lot of times I didn't listen to my own inner voice. I really, I cared very much what other people thought or what was expected of me just based on kind of the societal norm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, my friends and family love me very much. So their opinions come from a good place, but it wasn't always in line with um, what I necessarily wanted. And then I think, you know, so 32 years later, I really started to feel that. Awesome. And it's funny when you were saying all of that, I 
was just thinking back to um, an incident that just happened recently with me of people were making decisions for me. And I was hearing about it from someone else. And I'm like, did no one think to ask what Lisa wanted? Like, why are people making those decisions? Because I even think if you if we just talk about um, careers, for instance, you know, you're working for a big company, you're working for even a small company, and they're making those decisions of what's next. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't even ask, they assume. Um, yes. And that is really hard because then you're put into a position um, where you're basically the one leading the way for someone else and you, that person didn't even have a choice. And that's just one example. And so um, can you give an example of like a time in your life where that really like hit home for you and then what did you do? Yeah, so I um, I would say there were there were two very important kind of decision points in my life that I would say kind of sent me on uh, like the wrong track. Um, not necessarily the wrong track, but just where I really didn't listen to myself. And it's funny what you were talking about earlier about giving a speech to young kids. A lot of these decisions happen when we're so young. So we're not even really aware of like listening to our inner voice. Um, but for college, I wanted to go out of state and I wanted to go to UNC Chapel Hill. I had never been there. I had never visited. I just wanted to do that. Um, and you know, when I spoke to my parents about it, you know, logically it didn't really make sense. You know, I, I live in Florida. We've got a great Florida prepay program. They've got like scholarships for local, for local people. And so I ended up staying in state for school. Um, and then, which kind of led me down this track of following in my older sister's footsteps, who was, who was also at the school that I went to. And I think that's the first time that I just wanted to do something different for no necessarily logical reason. And I didn't honor that. And I think that's a big theme because a lot of times the advice people give you or the direction they're leading you in is, is very logical and it makes sense. So then it becomes very easy for us to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I'll go ahead and do that. And instead of listening to, I guess I would call it like your gut, which isn't always, always logical. Um, and then another similar decision, you know, a couple of years later was, um, my first career wise, I always wanted to be a child psychologist. I just always wanted to, I love children. I love psychology. And again, I was talking to my parents and my dad pointed out, you know, that if you just have a psychology degree, you've got to immediately go to more school. Um, and, and you might not want to do that immediately after graduating. I'm like, okay, good point. So I, I picked up another major and which was communications and ended up going down that road. And so my dream of having a PhD in psychology just got kind of pushed to the wayside. But again, the advice and the direction I was given made sense. And they were from their perspective, looking out for my best interest, but it's their perspective. It wasn't my perspective. Absolutely. And I think that that just sort of, I was like memory flood for me of all those times where it's like, you don't, you know, people mean well for the most part, yeah. like that is what they want. They like mean well, but um, when you're 18 and having to decide what do you want to be when you grow up, like that is a really hard decision to make. And people wonder like when their kid changes their major seven times in one year, it's because you literally can choose so many things. And um, nowadays I feel like too, like you even have more opportunities than ever before. So you really like, it is a very hard um, mental, I would say of like that piece. 
It, it absolutely is. And then you add on that kind of the, and this is where I was talking about like the societal expectations that you, you know, graduate college in four years. So if you're changing your major a bunch of times, then you kind of run up against this. I'm going to be here longer than I should. I'll just finish this major. And at that point in time in your life, you don't even really know all the options. Like there's so many options out there. And, and we tend to, you know, it's so we like look in a college brochure and pick a major and then pick a job based out of what that major says, instead of thinking like, what did I want to be when I grew up when I was a little kid? Like, what am I really passionate about for no reason, just that I really enjoy it and it inspires me and energizes me. So, you know, those are big decisions we make when we're young and, um, and, and we're very impressionable and really listening to guidance from other people that, like you said, mean well, but they don't necessarily know your kind of your inner workings and what you're really passionate about. Absolutely. And I think we live in a society where it's, we want it now. We don't want to wait. And (laughs) I, um, I really think I struggled with this a lot when younger was because I was like, okay, this is my plan. By this time I'm going to do this, by this time I'm going to do this. And I mean, I'm 28 now and I'm like, wow, my life is completely different than what I thought in a great way. Like it's definitely Mm -hmm. not bad. It's just different and it's great. Um, but we have these expectations in our lives of what it's going to look like or by the time I'm 30. Well, 30 is very young. And I think when you're at 18, you don't realize that. Like you're yes. probably going to change your mind like 17 times and you're going to grow up a lot. So yes. I think that that's another expectation too that even like back to people trying to help us is realizing like if you fail, I'm going to be there for you. It might take you seven years to follow your dream. But I'll be there because, for instance, say that you decided to go back to school to get your PhD, you're going to have to start now, you know, Mm -hmm. and the the thing is, is that's totally fine. That's totally great. But we at those ages that we're at, we look back and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have rushed because Mm -hmm. then I would be setting myself up for a different type of viewpoint up top or even to what I've noticed is um, taking those leaps. Like, yes. this is going to scare me and it's going to be crappy maybe for a second and I might hyperventilate a lot, but it's going to be worth it because, A, I'm never going to fail. You're just going to find a new route. But yep. we have this, like, fear that's been, in, in, like, just in us. It, you're so right. There's, um, there's some, I think his name is Dr. Rick Hansen, and he talks a lot about the brain's negativity bias and how we're really wired to like air more towards the negative side of things, which is all very fear-based. So I think a lot of times when people are giving you advice, they're trying to get you to avoid like what they're afraid of is going to happen to you. So again, that's not a bad intention, but there's a quote I love um, by SAS, I think his name is Pico Iyer, and it's the what ifs point in both directions. And that's true. Yet we tend to focus on, well, what if I fail? Like, what if this happens? What if I can't do this? What if I can't, whatever. And, but the opposite, what if for all of those lists of reasons not to do it, that exists also. And there's no way to know the outcome and unless you just try and like you said you never fail like you'll just find a new route exactly and we always and we teach a lot about people you know trying new things just try it you might not like it but then you'll know you know and we talk a lot about like health and stuff and my friend I'm a big runner so my friends are like well I don't run that's fine but find what works for you you're yep you probably are gonna have to take a kickboxing class a yoga class a roller skating class like all those different Mm -hmm. things but then you're gonna find 
get over right now is um, it's on my list for 2019 is to try CrossFit. And I've tried it before, but for some reason I can't get myself in the door. So I'm like, what if I'm not as strong as the other people? And I think a lot of times, too, people think people in the self-love, self-reflection world judge you, which we don't because we have the same types of feelings as everybody else. Right. So we're still trying to figure it out, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so question. So, you know, we talked a little bit about like how friends and family are super supportive. What advice do you want to give to parents and like friends other people always trying to give advice? Because I think that's like ingrained in us. Like I still give advice when probably someone doesn't even want my advice, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so what would you say to them to help guide someone instead? Yeah. So that, that's a great question because, you know, when we're giving somebody advice, a lot of times, if if you really strip it down, you know, you're you're judging some aspect of their decision. Like you don't want them to go a certain way because of of some reason, and and at its base level, like that is judgment. So I I think the best advice or like guidance you can give somebody is to try and help them get to their own inner voice instead of telling them what to do. Try and help them pull out what it is that they want to do deep down. And the way you do that really is by asking questions and not necessarily giving advice, but just asking questions like, why is my favorite question? You know, well, like, why do you want to do that? Um, or why haven't you, or like, what would the first step be? Okay. Why haven't you taken it? Like that, I think asking why helps you get like a, a layer and a layer deeper. And, and that's where you really find like the root of what you want to do. Yes. Or even too, like I like have been working on projects where now I ask why instead of just do because someone thought it was a good idea. And it's really changed my mindset. Um, and I think too, like you just have to learn and you have to um, embrace it. Um, and one thing I want to add on to that is I have a few people in my life who just pause and yes. they say how I feel, but they don't jump in right away. They just pause. And then I'm like, I sit there kind of waiting for them to say something, but I appreciate that they pause, then they ask the question, and then they let me find my own answer. And then they exactly. say that they'll support. Like, yes. supporting someone no matter what is, like, I think the best feeling. Yeah, like, that is love. Like, that is actually love. And so that's where if you're giving somebody advice and trying to steer them down one way, then you've already like judged the other way. And so that isn't love. Love is in in my opinion, like helping somebody find their own way and then supporting them regardless. And like an, another thing on the asking why, you know, back to your point of trying new things, which I love, I think that's a huge thing, especially to get out of your comfort zone. Like it opens up all kinds of stuff in your world. And if you're reluctant to do something like your friends who say, well, I, you know, I don't want to run, I'm not a runner. That's another like why, and a lot of times it comes down to you're afraid of something, and so then it's kind of like you can let that fear stop you from trying new things, or you can decide, you know what, like I'm gonna push through it and I'm gonna try it, and maybe I'll really like it, and maybe I won't, but at least like I didn't let fear win. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that that is just so important for people to understand, and um, I think even too when we give advice to the next generation, like. I'm kind of envious that they get to choose all of these things that they want. But 
One thing I'm trying to like really work on and something that I would love the audience to just like really embrace is you can have 17 careers. Oh yeah. You know, and the, like, and, and don't judge someone because they've changed their mind again. Like I kind of like, I don't realize how much I changed my mind until now that it's more acceptable. I would say like mm-hmm. you kind of felt crazy there for a little bit. You're like, I bet no one else changes their mind. Like my parents stay in the same job their whole lives. Like, yeah, those it's times really have changed with that. And I think, I think it's a, it's a great thing because I think it's making everybody more well-rounded. And I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. So I was in public relations immediately out of college and then I went into healthcare marketing and then healthcare sales and then construction HR and then construction operations. And now I'm writing. And so, I mean, my resume is just this like hodgepodge of just random things, but all of those different jobs really, taught me something and really helped develop a certain part of my skill set, which is all helping me now as I'm like pursuing my, my passion and my dream job, so to speak. So really, I think that we get so stuck on, you know, kind of how things are perceived or what we're supposed to be doing or what is the destination instead of just accepting, like actually where I am right now is a lesson. And so I'm going to learn everything I can learn out of it and like, see what comes next. But like, it's all great experiences and some people will be in the same career their entire life and that's fine too it's it's different for everybody absolutely and so let's take a step back to talk about we've talked a lot about like our careers and like trying to figure that out but there's a whole other aspect about being what everybody wants you to be when it comes to your body oh yes you can be so let's talk about body first so i've I didn't realize that people always had a perception. Like, I, I mean, it grew up a lot with me. Like, we, you know, you see it in the media. You see all these perceptions of what you should be. And now we're seeing a bunch of bodies. But we're still having people say that they need to be super skinny. And I'll give you an example. So maybe you can elaborate on anything that you felt, too. So I was, at the, I was out with a bunch of girls the other night. And we were talking about something. And one of the girls was like, well, she's really, really skinny. And another girl got really offended that we didn't call her skinny, too. And I was very appalled because that's not the point of the conversation. We went right to, that's how what you feel like you need to be, and that's how you want people to see you, when instead we want people to see us as smart, as beautiful, as strong, and like all those other capabilities, but right away we went to a body image instead, and then again, I was told if I, you know, I was told in that conversation that I needed to be skinny, like my size was never going to work, Um, and what, you know, what does that even mean, and I think we've all like, you know, had that in our lives. Oh, yeah, so uh, I think we are so programmed to think that our bodies are supposed to look a certain way, which is really funny if you look back in history. Um, you know, there was a time period where women put, literally put boards in on in their dresses and their chest to flatten their chest and put like things behind to make like larger rear ends. Um, what was it? Marilyn Monroe was like a size 10 and she was, you know, considered the most beautiful person. And now for whatever reason, we've been in this phase of, very, very thin, you know, 
no curves, so to speak, you know, and it's just a very, very defined body type that you're supposed to have. And I am, I'm a little bit encouraged because I've also seen now there is a little bit of a push towards, um, you know, more athletic figures or just a body love, no matter what you look like. And you see, um, certain companies really kind of getting on board with that in terms of their advertising, but I don't, which is great. I think that's step one, but we're still calling out the differences. And I think the perfect world would be, it's not even a, it's not a subject. Like we're not talking about what type of body anybody has because it, it doesn't matter. So I think we've made a lot of progress. Um, we have, we have a long way to go, but my kind of take on it, cause I, it's, it's so, it's so tough. And I think it's, it's very tough for females and, and I'm, I'm sure it's very tough for men as well, but I, I only know the female perspective, but and, and all my years of, and I'm, I'm a pretty active person, but I know for a long time it was, oh, well, I'm going to run and I'm going to work out because I want to have this type of body so that I'm more attractive to a man. So my intention behind it was not actually self-love. And here I am, I'm thinking, oh, I'm taking care of myself, but I'm not. I mean, I am, but I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. And so I think the reason behind however you're you're treating your body, you know, what you do or don't do, what you eat or don't eat, that's what really matters. Um, you know, if you're working out like a crazy person because um, you just feel all this pressure to have a certain type of body, ugh, that's not that good. If you work out all the time because you just love the way it makes you feel and you love the endorphins and it's just, you know, it's almost like a meditation for you or whatever, that's awesome. Same action, totally like different intentions. So, you know, I think that if we can all get to a place where, what we're doing, no matter what it is, is because we truly love ourselves and it doesn't have to do with any external forces, then like that's where we all need to be. And it's going to look different for everybody. And that's totally fine. I love that you said that because I think we don't even like right back to our why word. We don't even understand why we do things. And it's because someone told us we needed to do this because X, Y, and Z will happen. But then I feel like when we hit that mark, X, Y, and Z doesn't always happen. And then we're disappointed. And then we go back to that self-doubt, that lack of confidence yep. all over again. So I would really encourage everybody listening in to really, you know, it. for instance, let's use the health. It's like if you don't want to do something, don't feel like you have to. But if you're going to do it, do it because of you. And really think about the why. And it's funny that you say that I obviously have to go run today because I'm training for a marathon. And I was just thinking like, <laughs> man, I don't want to, but I had to remember my why. My why is because I'm trying to meet a certain time. So if I want to actually like succeed at that, like that's my reasoning. It's not for external anything. It's for an internal purpose. Um, and I think that's really important for us to even remember on any goals. Um, it's Absolutely. nothing to do with the outside or it shouldn't be. And if it is, you might want to reevaluate, um, you know, even if someone like wanted to become a doctor, don't do it because, you know, your aunt, your uncle and your brother are doctors. Do it because you want to be one. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, I think there's so much power in, in the, in the why question, um, you know, in all aspects of our life you know, including our health and, and why we're doing what we are or what, whatever we aren't doing. Um, I, I would say the biggest thing that, that I've learned and I'm just, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in is taking some time, like quiet time, 
um, to self-reflect and just think. Um, we're so distracted these days with our phones and social media and just and everything. So I've I've tried to commit to one weekend a month this year in 2019, completely unplugged, like phone off, no computer, you know, to just read or just do whatever I want to do. And so that's a little extreme. I can be a little extreme, but I, I just think that there's a lot of power in sitting by yourself without your phone, especially these days. And, and that's hard for some people. I've had conversations with a friend that she's like, I, I can't do it. And so, I mean, that's, that's a huge tell right there. And I mean, maybe you don't start with an hour, maybe you just start with 20 minutes, but just start spending some time alone away from all the external noise and, and just get quiet with yourself and, and be honest with yourself and think through all your whys. And it can just, uh, the the therapy that that can live in in that time is incredible. Absolutely, I love that, and I, I think that that is one of the hardest things too. And I'm trying to. Um, I am a list person, and mm-hmm. um, I am not a. Um, I don't have a calendar though. So I, what I'm trying to teach myself is to do both at the same time. Of like, because I have lists everywhere, and there makes no sense. <laughs> so do I. So I'm like. Okay, you got to organize your thoughts because if you really want to make progress or find your whys or understand even what you're doing, like spending your time, you know. So, well, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. We really, really appreciate it. Um, you gave some great advice about, you know, making making sure that all of that is very internal with what you're deciding for your life. And it is okay to change your mind. That is something, yes. you know, and because you don't want to live out someone else's dream you want to live out yours. You want to have that self-love and confidence in everything that you do. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in today and always following The Confident Girl and Self-Love Beauty. I appreciate you, and remember to be the best version you can be today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. For more resources on confidence and self-love, visit my website at selflovebeauty.com. If you have a story you are inspired by one of these podcasts, email me at info at selflovebeauty.com. I always love hearing from you and being able to inspire even more people. Again, remember to continue to be the best confident person you can be. Thank you.